It should not be this emotional, oh, I just have to try harder kind of stuff. No, it is about math and it is about understanding exactly what you have to do in order to get there. Welcome to Data-Driven Selling by the Sales Insights Lab, the podcast that helps reps and business owners generate more meetings and close more sales at higher prices. Right now, you have some competitors who are out there and they are killing it. Every industry has them. And you know what? Maybe one of those people is you. And if it is, awesome. But every industry always has a couple of absolute superstars that are doing certain things that are causing them to be much more successful than everyone else. And by the way, it's not about charisma. It's not about being able to tell great jokes or build deep relationships or take your clients out to a baseball game. It's all about specific selling secrets. And your competition doesn't want you to know them because if you know them, then suddenly they're less likely to work for them. So I'm going to show you six sales secrets that your competition does not want you to know. Number one, know your lead gen math. This may seem a little counter to what a lot of us think about, right? Because in sales, we're not really focused on the math behind success. We're really just focused on what do I have to say? You know, what do I have to do? But knowing the math behind your lead generation efforts is absolutely critical. This does assume that your lead generation processes are solid, right? You have to have a decent prospecting call. You have to be sending solid emails. But assuming that's all solid, now what we need to do is know the math behind our lead generation. And so it's really simple, right? It all starts with what is your sales goal? So think through what's your sales goal and then how many sales approximately over the course of the year do you have to close in order to hit your sales goal? And then from there, how many initial prospect meetings do you have to set in order to make that many sales? And then once you know how many meetings you have to have, now it's a question of what are the different components that are going to lead to those meetings? How many emails do you send? How many phone calls do you make? How many LinkedIn outreaches? All the different things that you do, you must know the math behind it. It should not be this emotional, oh, I just have to try harder kind of stuff. No, it is about math and it is about understanding exactly what you have to do in order to get there. It is a key secret that all top salespeople know is that they know exactly what the math is behind hitting their sales goals. Number two, all that matters is what leads to sales. This is a really important distinction. So many of us get so distracted throughout the day doing things that are not sales related. And every single task that you do that is not helping you close more sales is ultimately a distraction. You need to get really, really strong at removing all of the clutter. I recently read a book by Marie Kondo about removing clutter from our lives. And anything in your job that is not related to closing deals is clutter, period. You must be focused only on doing things that is going to help you close deals. So any of those customer service issues, pass them on to someone else. Any of those operational issues, pass those along to someone else. Become militant about only focusing on the things that lead to sales because that is all that matters. We only have so many hours during the day, so make sure that all of those hours are spent toward generating sales period. Number three, no is not 
bad. This is a really important distinction that top salespeople fully understand. There are really ultimately three outcomes in any selling situation. There is yes, which is great, of course. And then there's no, which is also, I would argue, a good thing. And then there's what else? There's maybe, or I need to think about it, or you know what, why don't we reconnect on this in a couple of months? That is the outcome that we absolutely want to avoid at all costs. But no is not a bad outcome. And the reason for that is that you don't wanna be pushing your prospects to tell you yes. Because if you push your prospects to be telling you yes, even if they actually want to tell you no, what they're really going to say is, you know what, this is great. Why don't you reach back out to me in a couple of months? Or I really need to think about this. We don't wanna be pushing for a yes because that's gonna to lead to a lot more think it overs. What we really wanna push people towards is no. And what that has is this reverse effect where when we make no an okay outcome, suddenly they're much more likely to do one or two things. Either tell us no or tell us yes. But what they're not as likely to do is tell us I need to think about it or maybe or why don't we revisit this in a couple of months because if we make no an option suddenly they feel so much less pressure and this is one of the key distinctions of top performing salespeople is that no is not bad what I consider the worst outcome is a think it over no that's fine think it over that's not cool period number four don't serve help the right people make the right decision. Now this is really about not being a doormat. So many salespeople think that they are just basically a glorified customer service person who just has to service these prospects and do whatever the prospect asks. But that's not your job. Your job is not to serve your prospects. Your job is to serve your clients, sure. But the clients are only the people who are doing business with you. Anyone who has not done business with you yet is not a client, they are a prospect. And so your goal is simply to help the right people make the right decision. And so that means that if someone is not the right fit for you, you don't owe them anything. And you have to really have that mindset that you do not owe someone who is not a fit for your product or service anything. And it's a really important distinction. So really all you want to be doing is helping the right people make the right decision, which in many cases is doing business with you. By the way, in some cases, it might not be the most appropriate moment to work with you. Now, there aren't a lot of situations where that happens. If they're the right fit, they should ultimately be making the right decision, which is to work with you. But if they are not the right fit, move on. If they are the right fit, then help them make the right decision. That's it. There is nothing else to this. You are not a doormat. You're not serving your prospects. You are simply helping the right people make the right decision. Number five, great salespeople are not talkative. This is a really important thing to understand that so many people don't appreciate. We've all heard the idea of the really chatty salesperson or, you know, George is a born salesperson. You know, he could talk away anyone in a bar or something like that. But really, the data shows that great salespeople are not necessarily the extroverts. In fact, most great salespeople are right in the middle of that spectrum between extroverts and introverts. And I've known a lot of introverts who have been some of the best salespeople I've ever known. So don't feel like you have to be this 
charismatic, talkative, funny person in order to be an effective salesperson. In fact, you don't. In fact, a lot of times, those traits that I just explained can actually take away from being effective in the role. Great salespeople are great listeners. They're great at engaging people in conversations. They're great at disarming prospects and making them feel comfortable to share what's going on in their world. That's what a great salesperson does. It's not about telling the funny jokes or having a, a phrase for any time someone says something. It's simply about being able to effectively engage prospects in the types of conversations that you want to have. Number six, have a process. Don't make it up. This is really key, right? This is the last secret because it's so important and so few salespeople really do have a formalized sales process. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a really formalized sales process where you know exactly what you're going to do at every single phase of the sale? Do you know every question you're going to be asking? Do you know exactly how you're going to be presenting to your prospects? There may be a couple of people watching this who are saying, yeah, I do. Great, awesome. My question for that person is, is that working to the degree that you want it to? But for the vast majority of people who are saying, you know, I really don't have a process, you must commit to having a sales process. Do not make it up. Use a data-driven approach to more effectively engaging prospects in conversations and ultimately presenting the solution to the challenges that they have mentioned. You must have a process that is going to take them through a series of questions and then present in a way that is only going to be geared toward the challenges that they've mentioned. And so by having a process, it allows you to free up your mental computer, that capacity in your brain that's instead of focusing on what am I going to say next, you know what you're going to say next because you have the process. Instead, you can focus completely on the prospect. That is the distinction between average salespeople and great salespeople. Having a process is what allows you to truly stand out from your competitors. So there are six sales secrets that your competition does not want you to know. Thanks for listening. Want more tactical advice on selling? Register for our free video training on the five-step formula to closing more deals without price pushback, think it overs, or ghosting. Simply visit closing.training to get instant access. That's closing.training to get instant access.